In this episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast, uh, we're going to talk about today uh, psychotropic medications. Uh, that sounds a little scary. Don't let it scare you away. We're just going to talk about medications that a lot of people take for things like depression, anxiety, attention deficit. Um, we're just going to break a lot of it down so people can kind of understand what they do, what they're for, when and if you should be taking them, and um, you know the possible side effects. As usual, I'm also giving away our free hypnosis guide available every episode. We will be right back. Get ready for the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright. Originating from the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan, he has hypnotized thousands of people from all over the United States. David R. Wright has been featured on news outlets all across the country and is the clinical director of an outpatient mental health and hypnosis clinic located just south of Detroit, where he helps people daily using the power of hypnosis. Welcome, the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright. What is going on, my friends? It is David R. Wright here, the Motor City Hypnotist, and we are back with another episode of the Motor City Hypnotist podcast. Rock on. We are here at the Detroit Detroit Podcast Detroit, <laughs> Detroit Studios at uh, Detroit Shipping Company. We are back in the Detroit Shipping Company. Have been for a couple weeks now, which yeah. is kind of cool. Got a little little uh, view of the, it's nice outside today. If you're in Detroit, it's uh, sunny at about 80-something degrees. It's a bit steamy. It is. It's nice yeah. out. I'm looking out at the the, uh, the beer pedal cart that's sitting out in the street, <laughs> which is currently empty. Uh, Matt and I were just talking before we started. I'm like, I, I don't think I'd want to be pedaling out a thing in a 90-degree heat. Um, no, thanks. And then we realized the thing is motorized. I yeah. think the, the so pedaling you, is just psychological. It's optional. <laughs> yeah, it's optional. <laughs> I, I would be opting not to pedal. But uh, So, yeah, thanks for being here, people. Thanks for listening. Um, Matt Fox is here with me, as always, as usual, most of the time, 99% of the time. Yeah, I'm here. Yep, yep. Um, Physically, mentally, yep. different story. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> Have have us have some coffee and relax. As a, I am. As a, coffee makes me a mite nervous when I drink it. <laughs> <laughs> so let me tell you where you can find me, folks. My website is MotorCityHypnotist.com. I'm actually doing some work on the website that you will see updated shortly. Um, we are adding a uh, some information regarding my upcoming book, which I will mention a little bit later on in the podcast, and also a link to my hypnosis training course, which I'm going to plug in just a little bit here. So, so changes being made, modifications being made to the website. Keep checking back there so you can check it out and see when those things go up and go live. You can find me on social media, Facebook and YouTube at Motor City Hypnotist. And um, Instagram and Twitter are both Motor City Hypno, H-Y-P-N-O. And as I said, uh, every episode we give away my free hypnosis guide. You can grab that just by clicking the link in the show notes. It will take you right to a download page. No cost, no obligation. Just uh, It's a PDF guide that just kind of explains all about hypnosis in probably a page and a half. Yeah. So concise, easy, and um, just something cool to have. Yeah. Do you and, put at the top of it two-minute read or four-minute read? <laughs> no, no, I don't. Oh, I okay. just, yeah, it's just on there. Right. Yeah, and, and, and in case you mess up the read, you know, <laughs> you, you could always do what this guy does. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. 
fucking thing sucks. <laughs> Actually, it doesn't suck. It's pretty good. So mm. yeah, take a look at that. Awesome. Um, and the most important thing is wherever you're listening, uh, whatever podcast platform you are on, please subscribe. Or if you're on uh, iTunes, please follow and uh, leave a review. Uh, reviews are always great, especially if they're good reviews. So I would hope you'd leave a good review. If not, let me know that too. And I can, you know, kind of answer why it's not good. Uh, but yeah, wherever you're listening, please subscribe or follow if you're on iTunes and, uh, and, and tell everybody else about the show too. Just uh, kind of pass the word, spread the word, you know, let people know, hey, I, this, this dork's on doing a podcast. You want to listen? <laughs> you know, and I can say. I'm very important. <laughs> uh, I have many leather bound books and my apartment smells of rich mahogany oh there we go yeah. matt and i have this a compulsion to do the end of that we can't not do it it's just impossible it's one of those things that's just uh we're trained so let me give you another couple of announcements i know i've been plugging my book and talking about it um it is about uh, honestly i got the first seven chapters back edited nice and which is cool but it's at that point you feel like what in the hell am i doing because <laughs> once once you get that that manuscript back all marked up you're like oh my god do, do i even know how to write i mean is that even a you know a thing and, and i'm sure all anybody who's written a book is is gone through this process but mm. uh, it took a minute to be like all right th th these are all things that have to be changed not a big deal you know um but yeah it, it's a it's a process so and, it, and it's and it's funny because I've read stories of other writers, like prolific writers, like Stephen King or Dean Kunst, mm -hmm. and and the, the interviews or and other things that they've written. They always say, "My my editor has has made me what I am mm -hmm. because you know they they don't write the, the books that they're published. That's not something they just sat down and write in a first draft. No, no, I tell you, it takes drafts and drafts and reviews and edits and changes mm -hmm. and yeah." It, it's a huge process. So Agreed. So, yeah, so I'll, I will keep you up to date on that. Like I said, hopefully we'll be edited by another week, and then formatting could be another week. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, fingers crossed, this thing can get published in July. So I will keep you up to date on that. Fair. The other announcement is uh, my hypnosis training class. Uh, have you ever wanted to learn hypnosis? Now, the great thing about this class is you don't have to have any prior experience, none whatsoever. And you don't have to have a degree. You don't have to have any schooling for this. It's, it's, um, it's a certification in hypnosis uh, by me. Um, I'm a certified hypnotist, hypnotherapist, and you will get a certification to do the same thing. Hmm. And that class is tentatively scheduled for August. And the, and the big thing with this class and what you can find it, because I know a lot of people will say, hey, I just found this online class for like 200 bucks. It's not the same though, is it? Yeah, it's it's not. I mean, especially learning something like that. It, it I, I say it this way. Could you watch a video online and learn? Maybe. But if you do it in person for five days with live people, you're going to know that you know it. A little that, more experience. There's, there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's no better way to learn than actually doing it and having somebody right. guiding you through it, answer questions, giving you critiques, helping you. And, and the other thing that I will say is after five days of my training, you will have the utmost confidence to just go home wherever you're from. Even if you're from out of state, out of town, come on into Detroit. We're going to have a five-day class and hang out after and do all kinds of fun things fantastic so i will uh keep you up to date on that again tentative date august but if you're interested 
uh, even ahead of time before I've locked the dates down, please uh, hit me up on social media. You can mm -hmm. message me on Facebook. You can leave a, a, a message on my Motor City Hypnotist Facebook page. Um, and let me know because there are only 10 spots. The class is limited to 10 people just so I can I can I want to make sure that I have giving giving attention to everybody. Yep. And if I make it more than 10, it's a, it's a lot of people kind of corral in that five days. Right. Even on your website, they're up at the right hand top, mm -hmm. right hand side, right under There's podcast. A contact. It says contact. Yep. So absolutely. Good. Good point, Matt. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So contact me somehow because uh, if you want one of those 10 spots, um, we can talk ahead of time to make sure you lock that in. And, and again, we'll get more details as that date approaches. It's actually being, I, I just talked with a venue today, which uh, I will be visiting, I think, over the weekend to see if we can lock in the space. So what it will be, and, and quickly, I know I'm spending a lot of time on this, but I, I, I want to let you know how good this is going to be. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's not just something online where you take these classes that, or watch a video for 20 minutes and, and they tell you to practice on your dog. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's not what this is. This is five days, eight hours a day of me from the very beginning walk telling you what hypnosis is, showing you how to do it, practicing with real volunteers. And this is all going to take place in, in um, a hotel somewhere in a, in a conference room. This is going to mm -hmm. be like a real training. Mm -hmm. uh, this is not something I'm doing out of the back of a van. <laughs> You know, down by, down the, by river. the river. Yeah. <laughs> down by the river. Uh, hey, uh, Alan Benson just checked Alan. in. And he said, hello, What's gents. Up, Alan? He Hope says, thanks for doing what you do. Oh. Have a great weekend. Oh, thanks, Alan. Yeah. The, the fuck are you doing? Yeah, we just, I would like to know what you're doing, Alan. Thanks for checking in. We appreciate it. Our Alan's our number one fan. <laughs> And not, Speaking and of not Stephen in a Kathy King. Bates, not in a Kathy Bates kind of way, cock a duty. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, keep an keep a, the a penguin a, faces north. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so keep an eye out for that training. Um, again, yeah, you can you can be a certified hypnotist in in a week. Um, and and the, the training will take place. What I was saying, the training will take place in a hotel conference room. It'll be a place with a restaurant and a lounge so that we can hang out afterwards. It's going to be a whole week of a whole experience. And uh, I, I, if you've ever wanted to learn, this is the time to do it. And in person is the only way to do it, as far as I'm concerned. Awesome. So yeah, let me know about that. So it's time. Oh, here we go for our winner of the week. All right. This is this is a bit of a sad story, but it's also happy at the same time. It's okay. one of those things where you go, oh, man. So, and as you all know, I've said this probably every time I read a winner of the week story. I don't like the way the stories are written in the news because they give the, they give the punchline ahead right off the bat. <laughs> you know? So, um, so, Peter and Lisa have been married for 12 years. Okay. Uh, Peter ended up getting Alzheimer's. Ooh. He's 56 years old, and his illness progressed rapidly. That's early onset, yeah. Yep, early onset. Um, and the story says no matter what turn his condition takes, Lisa's wife remains steadfastly by his side because even if he can't remember her name, he knows that he loves her and that she loves him. Aww. And she said, he doesn't know that I'm his wife. I'm just his favorite person, Lisa told NBC News 4 hmm. New York's, uh, in New York. I don't need to have a label. I don't need to have a name because our hearts are connected. So, so that's that part of the story is really cool because even though he doesn't know it's his wife, it's like somebody that he's connected to. Yeah, and that's that's his person. Love it. 
So last winter, the story goes on, last winter as the Connecticut couple sat on the couch watching a televised wedding, Mm -hmm. Peter had an inspiration. Not realizing they were already married, he proposed to her. (laughs) And a surprise, Lisa happily accepted. That's brilliant. So even though they were already married, he didn't know they were. So he proposed the second time, but the first time for him. That yep. is so fun. That's so yeah. fun. Yep. Uh, and, and Lisa, of course, the wife was, was uh, and, and she says a date was set. Vendors n- knew that, that uh, uh, Lisa had an event planning daughter who donated the services. Hmm. They had a ceremony. Uh, just like the, just like it was the first time, just like it was a uh, brand new wedding for him. See, and, and that's why if you could go back and do it all over again, would you? And he did. Yes. And for, without real. No, and for real. Yeah. Without for really for real in his mind. Yeah. It was the first time he married her. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a great story. And I, I, as I, I always do for our winners of the week, I leave the link for the story. If you want to go and see some video and, and read all about that, uh, go do that. So for, Peter Marshall and Lisa Marshall, a happy second wedding for her and first wedding for Peter, (laughs) our winners of the week. That's great. That's so nice. Yeah, that is nice. It's just nice, nice to have nice stories, even though it's a sad story in a way. It, mm-hmm. It's just, it's kind of uplifting yes. because he's he's happy. Yes, and that's the whole thing. I know you. Um, I had my my grandfather on my dad's side, my dad's dad. Uh, he had Alzheimer's, mm. and um, even though it was sad to watch his decline, he at times had the most fun I think he's ever had. Huh. He was probably, I'm going to say, in his late seventies. Boy, my. I'm, I'm, it's been a long time, but he would, um, one of the things he would do is he would see his reflection in a mirror Mm -hmm. and, and think it was someone else. And he would, he would dance with the person and he would, he would laugh and cackle. He was, he had the time of his life for a while. Um, so, so it's good when, when even though somebody's sick, they can, they, they're, there's still some positives taken from it. And I know anybody who's gone through Alzheimer's, it's a tough thing to, if you're on the outside looking in, and for the person dealing with it, I'm sure. But, yes, yes. Uh, but it is nice that, that you know, at least he had, was having some fun. It wasn't all just, he wasn't just lost, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about today, our, our topic today is uh, psychotropic medications. Now, even when I say that, it's kind of, that's kind of the fancy term for uh, psych meds. That's mm-hmm. really what we're talking about. Fair enough. And, and there's a lot of medications out there, a lot of people on medications. I, I read a, Now, statistics are vague on this because this, this, I, I looked for a couple of different sources to say, like, how many people are taking uh, medications for psychiatric conditions, such mm-hmm. as depression, anxiety, ADHD, um, uh, schizophrenia, mm-hmm. more psychotic type uh, uh, psychiatric diagnoses. So there was varying information, but but most of the reports have it anywhere between um, thirty-five to sixty percent of the population. Wow, so for something now that they're not all severe, like mentally right. ill, psychotic type behaviors, but. You know, as far as antidepressants and anxiety medications, those are the most common, of course. Would uh, the term stabilizer be a... Uh... Uh, a mood stabilizer is in the classification. Okay. Yes. Yep. 
and I'm going to go through these. So, so there are types, there are different types of psychotropic medications. And when people say meds, I know they, they, they think of things like, uh, one floor of the cuckoo's nest, right. you know, Ritalin. you get them in the little paper cup and they watch you down them and, yep. you know, and Jack Nicholson spits them out in your face. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. He does. <laughs> uh, but, but a lot of these are, are things that people now, now I'm, I'm, I'm going to preface this by saying, and I'm, I'm going to give you my approach as far as a therapist goes. Now, uh, disclaimer, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not an MD. I have a psychiatrist on staff, so I consult with him. But I've I dealt for 30 years with, with patients and clients who are on medication. Hmm. So I'm very familiar with a lot of these, most of them, honestly. But I, my, rec- my recommendation as a therapist, if I'm seeing somebody, I always say, let's, I, I want medication to be a last resort. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to be the first choice right. in the treatment because a lot of people jump right to medication. And I don't think that's the right way to go about it. I think you you try to do everything else first, and if it's still not working and we need to add medication, we do that. So it's a tool, not a solution. Fair. Okay. So there there are different types, of, and there are five main types, and I'm going to go through the types with you. Uh, Five different types of of psychiatric medications. First one one is antidepressants. Mm -hmm. Second one is anti-anxiety medications. The third type is stimulants. And, and we're going to get into all of these areas as we go. Mm-hmm. The fourth type is antipsychotics. Mm-hmm. And the fifth types are mood stabilizers. Okay. So like five major categories. And a lot of these have some overlap back and forth as far as specific medications go. Okay. So we're going to start. And, and let me just say in general, psychotropic medications, what they do is they adjust the number of major chemicals in the brain. That's, simple, that's a very simple explanation of what it does. Um, we all have brains. <laughs> Some. <laughs> Most of us. Well, you have a brain like a chicken. Yeah, but it's still a brain. Yeah, yeah right, right. Um, so we all have brains and we all have chemicals in our brains, which are called neurotransmitters. And that's how the electrical signals in your brain are carried is by these neurotransmitters. Now, sometimes with people, there, there is a chemical imbalance of those neurotransmitters, which can cause depression, you know, bipolar disorder, anxiety even. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of those things are also call, caused by situational type things. If somebody has a very stressful job or mm-hmm. is... Is, is a trained worrier, I like to call them. If you've always been anxious and worried since childhood, mm. that, that becomes a habit. But, but, but if, if there's, if there's a, a, uh, an imbalance in chemicals in your brain, the neurotransmitters, you're going to have symptoms of this. Mm-hmm. So it, Does it take – and i sorry to interrupt. No, does you're it take, good. Does it take time to figure out that chemical imbalance or can – you know, with technology today, things have been progressing from the 70s and even the 80s and right. now. Right, You know, are, are, are decisions made a lot quicker now because of technology? I, I, think it's, I think it's made more because of experience rather than technology. Okay. And, and still, it's, a, still a, it's still a symptom-based treatment. Mm. Now, I wish I could say that there was a there was a test where you could just get a needle stuck into your head See, and pull what? out some fluid and test it. <laughs> okay, yeah, but <laughs> I mean, I I, I wouldn't. Yeah. <gasps> oh, great Odin's razor! Yeah, I, I would not want that. If no, only. No. So, so there's no real test now. There, we can do tests as far as neurological activity, such as as a. Uh, uh, um, like an MRI, almost not MRI. Yeah, um, it, uh, it's an e. Um, 
uh, EEG. EEG, okay. Yeah, and EEG uh, measures brain waves. So, so we can measure brain activity and see if it's lower or higher. Uh, but, to, but to focus in on specifically what chemical is lacking. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, you know, it, it, it's not a precise thing. Right. So a lot of times it is based on symptomology. Okay. So, and, and I just want to reemphasize, you know, medication is not a cure. It, it can only treat these disorders and help you. So if you have an imbalance, a chemical imbalance that causes you to be depressed, medication can help bring that balance in to that, those neurotransmitters. Fair. Okay. So let's talk about the first one. The first group are antidepressants, which has been around since the 1950s, mm, okay. antidepressant medication. And a lot of people, I mean, gosh, we've seen it a million times on TV shows and other things. Of, mm-hmm. of And probably, I, I guarantee that almost everyone out there knows someone who's been on antidepressants at one point or another. And, and maybe they don't, maybe you don't know it specifically, but somebody around you is. Mm-hmm. They might not talk about it and they might not say it, but they are. Okay. Huh. So there are many different types of antidepressants. The, the, going way back to the 1950s, there were what we call MAIOs. And, and if you guys look back, maybe this might have been the first, the first month we were doing podcasts. I think I did a thing on, de- on depression. And, I, and I, I went back to reference that just real quickly because I knew I was going to be talking about it here. And I, I misspoke in that one. I realized I made a very big error and switched MAIOs with SSRIs in my in my explanation on that one. So if you go back and listen to that and think, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I totally transposed those at that point. I have no idea. I just, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. You have a brain like a chicken. <laughs> so, it's crazy. Something happened. So, so the first class of antidepressants developed in the 1950s is rarely used anymore because they had a lot of side effects, especially with, with food and other interactions with other drugs. Okay. Uh, but that was the first class, and I could tell you some of the names of these, but but I honestly, I'd never heard of the names. So, so they were that outdated. So let's fast forward to like 70s, 80s. And again, I, I couldn't nail down the specific time of when these started coming into play. But a new type of antidepressant was developed, and it was called an SSRI. So I'm going to try to explain this as simply as I can. Imagine that your car is a, a that you have spark plugs in your head, and that and we're going to, I'm describing your brain synapses as spark plugs. In order to, for that spark, that signal to jump from one side to the other, you have to have a chemical to hmm. carry that signal. So imagine that there wasn't enough chemical, so you're lacking signals. Your your brain is not as active, which makes you depressed. Hmm. So with an, with, with an SSRI, what it does, it prevents that, that chemical from being absorbed. It keeps it in the system longer, which, which in effect gives you more fuel to burn those signals. Gotcha. Okay? So the new the, the SSRIs which came out are things like, people are going to know these names, Prozac was one of the first big ones, uh, Zoloft, Celexa, Lexapro, Paxil. These are very common SSRIs that are prescribed for uh, for depression nowadays. And SSRI is selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Correct, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Yep, which sounds very fancy. It just means that you keep more of the chemical in your brain without it being absorbed into the tissues. Um, I know I'm not saying that physiologically correct, just to give you an understanding of it. Gotcha. Um, so there's another 
another class that are called the SNRIs, uh, which which also do somewhat the same thing, but in a little bit different way. Um, so that class has medications like Pristique, Cymbalta, Fetzema, Effexor, and Welbutrin. Again, gotcha. some of these are very familiar to, to a lot of people. Hmm. So the thing with the thing with antidepressants is people think, okay, I get my doctor, get an antidepressant, start taking it. I'm going to feel better in a couple of days. It doesn't really work like that. Uh, antidepressants take time to work up levels in your bloodstream. Mm -hmm. So you have to be taking it, and, and it varies depending on the medication. I typically say on average, plan on at least two to three weeks before you start to feel the effects of what you're taking. And that's why it's important if you're taking an antidepressant that you take it consistently. Because if you take it for three days, skip a day, take it for a day, skip three days, it's not, it's right. not going to be effective. You have to have it, take it regularly for it to be effective. Now, I always describe this, and I say this with my clients a lot. A lot of clients say, because they've been so sad or so down or so depressed, when they take an antidepressant, they don't feel depressed anymore. But they, some, a lot of clients use this term. They say they feel numb or they hmm. feel like kind of just not depressed, but just like nothing. Hmm. Like no emotion yeah, at like all? Like no emotion. And, and that, and, and just, just be aware that that's something that could happen when you start to take an antidepressant because you're not having that, you're not having those low feelings, but it's not high enough now for it to, I always call it narrowing the bandwidth. Mm -hmm. you're, 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 you're bringing that bandwidth into a narrow range so you stay in there. And sometimes that can feel like because you don't have these fluctuation mm -hmm. of feelings that you are kind of numb or that it's just kind of blah. Mm -hmm. But just stay with it. And, 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 and believe me, I'm not giving medical advice per se. If you have any kind of issues or concerns, you need to talk to your psychiatrist or, who, or your, your primary care, whoever prescribed the medication. Right. But just know with antidepressants, they are effective. They work. There are side effects, of course, just like any other medication would be. And those vary from person to person. Okay. Anal leakage. Huh? Yeah, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Oh, I can't get to it, man. Oh, Hold no, on. wait. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Sign me up. Anal leakage, absolutely. <laughs> so that's antidepressants. Um, and again, if, if, you're, if you feel like you're, and, and here's the thing, I, I, even though I, I don't like medication to be a first response, if you're in a position where you're depressed enough that you're having suicidal thinking or thoughts of harming yourself, we want to we want to do something as soon as possible. So don't ignore that. Uh, definitely talk to your doctor. Go to the ER. Call nine one one. Especially if those if you feel like you're going to take action on those thoughts. Um, but antidepressants can be effective long term to treat depressive symptoms, which which a lot are are, are caused by chemical imbalance in the brain. Mm -hmm. So the second the second group we're going to start on is anxiety anti anxiety medication, and there is a lot of of a lot of people on anti-anxiety medication. A lot of my clients are. Um, mm. These medications can are used to treat panic attacks, phobias, general anxiety, uh, stress-related disorders that that don't allow you to sleep. Mm -hmm. um, so most most of these anti-anxiety drugs are called benzodiazepines. Mm. That that's that's the type of medication. And what Ben, I, I'm going to say benzos for short because that's a long one and I usually F it up. <laughs> but benzos are sedatives that it can help relax your muscles and calm your mind. That's the important part. If you've ever had the experience, and I'm sure we all have, where 
maybe you're exhausted. You mm-hmm. just want to go to sleep and you lie down in bed, but your brain is just like a runaway won't train. Turn off. It won't turn off yeah. and you can't relax the brain, even though your body wants to be relaxed and is relaxed. Um, so what the benzos do is it allows your mind to just relax. So you don't, you honestly, it just decreases your thinking that, that, mm-hmm. that runaway train feeling. And uh, I think our examples would be, I think a Valium or Xanax yep. or Clonopin. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. And, and you, you just named a few of those. Uh, Xanax is a big one. That's mm-hmm. probably the most famous one that people know of. Mm-hmm. Librium. Librium's a little bit older one. Hmm. Uh, Librium, when, when I was working in, in uh, community care, they used Librium a lot in the hospitals. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's kind of gone out of favor. Again, I'm not the MD. Clonopin is another big one. Xanax and Clonopin are probably the two major ones. Hmm. Valium is one that, that, ha- that was used a lot, and I think that's not as common anymore. And Ativan is another one. Oh. That, that's a fairly common one. Okay. Now, here's the thing. When I talked about overlap a little while ago, some antidepressants can treat depression and anxiety at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of my clients who are on Zoloft, which is, which is, which is it, it's classified as an antidepressant, also get relief with their anxiety with that. Gotcha. Everybody's different. Everybody's physiology is different. So a lot of times it, it, will, it will take some, uh, I hate to say it, but it's, sometimes it's testing and just seeing what works for you and what doesn't. And, and your, your physician or your psychiatrist, whoever's prescribing this, will have that uh, experience to talk to you about, you know, how, what is it that you feel? What are your symptoms? When does it happen? And, and that's really the best way to, to find what you need. Hmm. Now, another interesting, th- interesting thing is these anti-anxiety drugs that, that I just mentioned are a scheduled for controlled substance. So they're classified because they can be addictive. And that's the other thing I want to hit on. Um, the, the, they're, they're a class four controlled substance because they can be addictive. So um, just be careful with those because a lot of people, especially if they take, uh, I, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, Xanax, that, that there, there's a lot of street sales of Xanax. That's unfortunate. And other things like that, Valium, Xanax, Clonopin, uh, because people have become addicted to it mm-hmm. and they need it and they can't get it from their doctors. <sighs> So again, be careful when you start these things. Yeah. But again, make sure you're seeing your doctor and make sure you're taking it as scheduled. So folks, we're going to continue and talk about other types of psychotropic medications in our next episode. We're going to cover the other three classifications and talk about different things associated with some of the ones we've already mentioned. So yeah, come back next episode. We're going to finish up with psychotropic medications part two. In the meantime, change Those- your... Those, yes. on, those on Facebook Live, stick around. Yep. Facebook Live people, stick around. Yes. We're just going to pause and we're going to roll right into our next episode. Those listening to audio, jump to the next episode if it's there yet. Perfect. If not, subscribe and it'll hit exactly when it's ready. Perfect. Thank you. Yep. In the meantime, change your thinking, change your life, laugh hard, run fast, be kind. We'll see you next time.